Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes podcast, where we dive into the updates, interviews, and yes, processes that will help your organization thrive. My name is Rami Alijil, and my goal is to help HR managers and business owners create an environment where their people are their organization's competitive advantage. Today, we're going to do a deep dive on the people process around employee handbooks and how to check your own handbook out in a self-audit. This whole week will be on handbooks. This is part one of the audit. Next is part two and then a Q&A. Oh, don't forget, we post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and I would love to hear from you on there with any questions. You can also subscribe to us by going to peopleprocesses.com, where you will receive special subscriber-only content for free. People Processes is also available wherever you get your podcast. It syndicates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. Okay, so first up, an introduction. Most employment relations experts agree that employee handbooks are an essential part, if not the foundation, of effective HR management and positive employee relations. Handbooks can play a critical role in demonstrating employment law compliance as well. Properly used, employee handbooks communicate policies and procedures, they play a key role in the orientation process for new employees, they serve as a valuable employee relations vehicle for educating current and prospective employees, they contribute to uniform and consistent application, interpretation, and enforcement of company policies, and they protect against claims of improper employer conduct. While carefully drafted employee handbooks can be an important part of an employee relations, Uh, media. Handbooks that are unskillfully or improperly drafted can create organizational and legal headaches. Courts increasingly view employee handbooks as binding contracts subject to judicial enforcement. Accordingly, employers must carefully review every policy and procedure contained in a handbook to minimize potential contract claims and be prepared to update them periodically. The questions in this self-audit are designed to determine whether a handbook includes positive employee relations provisions that will improve employee morale, educates employees regarding an organization's origin, history, and employee relations philosophy, provides a mechanism for two-way communication, and contains the necessary protective language to minimize the threat of litigation or employee complaints to governmental agencies. Handbooks that are properly drafted and tailored to an organization's needs can serve as the cornerstone of human resource management. However, when they're improperly drafted, they can be a disruption that causes serious harm to the future well-being of an organization. The questions that we're going to go over next are designed to help an employer highlight the positive and negative features of an employee handbook. So the first thing, before you even crack open the handbook, whether they're in there or not, the questions to ask yourself are, has your organization developed policies and procedures that deal with wages, benefits, employee relations, day-to-day operations and administration, and HR management? If so, we need to just make sure those are documented somewhere, and we're going to be looking through the handbook to see if they're in there. Second, how are these policies and practices communicated to the employee? Uh, Are they they communicated orally and by having the employee observe how an organization operates? Are they communicated in written memos and documents given to employees and placed on bulletin boards, uh, including intranet bulletin boards? Uh, Through the use of written employee handbook, that's what we're talking about today, and by posting an electronic version of the handbook on an intranet. So, Each one of those are something to evaluate. In theory, you want to be doing all four. Uh, Of course, the most convenient is an electronic version of the handbook on the intranet. Uh, A written employee handbook may be more convenient for other organizations, but you want to be using as many of these as you can. So if your organization has created an employee handbook, what is the purpose of that handbook? Is it to help answer the employee question, why should I work or continue to work here? 
Is it to help answer routine employee questions about employment within the organization? Is it to help create a positive employee relationship? To communicate important information, to contribute to organizational orderliness, uh, to comply with legal obligations, to delineate the organization's employment-related prerogatives, try to define the goals of your handbook. Because if you can do that, then when you're evaluating your handbook, it's going to be a lot easier to figure out if you did it right. So um, once you kind of know what you're trying to do with your handbook, have you ever looked at your handbook to see if it, it has success at meeting those objectives? Do your, does your employee handbook include a discussion of both the written and unwritten policies and practices in the organization? So take a look at the handbook and make sure that it's covering the pure policies, but does it also cover cultural communications you need? Um, if you use it during the interview process, does the interview monitor comments made during the applicant interviewing process to determine if they're consistent with the statements made in the employee handbook? And have statements made on job application forms, offer letters, other personnel action forms been reviewed to determine if they are consistent with statements made in the employee handbook? So these, these ones we've gone through so far are not about the content of the handbook, really. They're about, do you have a handbook? How do you communicate? What, what do you uh, do to see if your handbook is effective? And do you check to make sure your other communications are in line with the handbook? So... These first set don't matter if your handbook's good or bad. It's about, I mean, a lot of the handbook exists in an ecosystem, so we're trying to determine, does your handbook fulfill its purpose? Okay? Now we're going to get into the more uh, the more process-oriented view of your handbook, and then next week we'll probably be covering into the real nitty-gritty, like, do you have a policy that does this? So, number eight, uh, is there an issue date indicated on each page of the handbook, uh, on each page of the employee handbook? It should be, not just on the cover, every page, bottom right, something like that, issue date. Are the policies and practices discussed in the employee handbook, the format and the design of the handbook, and the methods used to distribute the handbook regularly reviewed? Again, the key with processes versus ad hoc throwaway stuff is, do you have it on your calendar, a system by which you review those things? Are revision dates indicated on pages of the employee handbook? So if you've made changes, are revision dates included? Have procedures been developed to ensure that all employees receive copies of handbook revision pages? So you've got a plan for your handbook, how to distribute, how do you distribute updates? Finally, let's do a checklist on before issuing the employee handbook, who reviewed it? Did the HR department review it? Senior management? Legal counsel? supervisors or managers? How about a sample group of employees? Just a hint, the answer should be all of these, but in most organizations, it's not. So these are ideas to implement into your processes that are really going to help you out. When you look at your strategic HR activities, is the employee handbook an element of them? Does the employee handbook add value to the employment brand? Does the employee handbook create a positive image and favorable impression of the organization with the following and go through employees, supervisors, stockholders or investors, employee practice liability insurance carrier, the EEOC, the Office of Federal Contract Compliance, the U.S. Department of Labor, any other governmental agencies that may, may have an occasion to inspect it in, depending on your industry, courts and juries. Your handbook can be an amazing defense if you put the time in to make sure that it creates a favorable impression with those organizations and those uh, classes of employee. 16. Has an employee survey been conducted to determine if the employee handbook effectively communicates the organizational and or employee relations message? So you think it does. 
Have you actually asked employees if when they read it, they feel like they love the place? Are supervisors sufficiently well-versed in the employee handbook's contents and the organization's policies and procedures to accurately answer routine employee questions? Seems silly. You spent a lot of time on this book, but do your supervisors actually understand it? That should basically be one of the key parts of their job so that they can answer those basic questions. Now, now we're getting into complexity questions. So up till now, it's first it was, is your handbook strategy being used? Does it have a strategy? Is it fitting into the overall organization? Second, do you have a strategy to make it useful? And now we're getting more into the um, some, some, some ticky issues you should think about in your handbook. If you have any of the following, employing units in more than one state, diversity in any type of employee units, for example, a manufacturing plant, a distribution center, a call center, a computer center, retail operations, and an office facility, union and non-union facilities, government contracts, highly diverse workforce, a combination of different employee categories, for example, regular full-time, significant number of part-time, temporary employees, contract employees, independent contractors. Each one of those requires your handbook be a little bit more complex. Not the end of the world, but if you have any of these different pieces, make sure your handbook addresses them and defines them well. Next, is English the second language of some employees? Are some employees illiterate, or do some employees have difficulty reading small-type font? If so, does the organization ensure that it effectively communicates employment policies, procedures, practices, and benefits to individuals that require special language and reading consideration in a good, in, in, in an understandable way? It's on you. If you hand out an English language uh, employee handbook to your staff, which primarily speaks Spanish, um, or even has five employees out of 50 who speak Spanish and not great English, can't read English. Guess what? Your handbook's useless. Not only does it not accomplish your goals, but it doesn't serve as an effective communication tool for your expectations. So little things like that, like paying a translator to redo it in English or in, in Spanish or whatever language is necessary. Uh, being able to present this stuff in an audio format is not common, but if you work with a group that is particularly illiterate, this may be an excellent way of uh, handling it. Now, I know that's a lot of information, lots of things to go through. A lot of this is easier to see on a checklist. And guess what? Go to peopleprocesses.com. Go to this episode. We've got them all laid out right there for you. Yes or no questions to go through. Uh, subscribe to us, and we'll be also emailing additional follow-up items on this. Next uh, episode coming right up is going to be uh, part two of this. We're going to get into more nitty-gritty details like particular policies that you need to have, uh, the savings clause, all kinds of different pieces that are important to handbooks. I hope this was helpful to you as a good start to evaluating your handbook. This was all about the overarching strategy of it. Go out there, get your work done, and have a great day. This is Rami Alijil with People Processes signing off. Thanks.